Hello and welcome to our podcast, Changemakers Creating Impact for Wellbeing. We are your hosts, myself, Davina Ho, and Karen Kwong, co-founders of Corporate Wellness Partnership. Our mission is clear, to revolutionize well-being at work. We aim to challenge the status quo. Bored with poking around the edges of well-being at work, we want to demand real change within the workplace and empower people at the top, people with influence and people with stories like you to talk about your experiences of mental health, well-being and diversity. We will go deep. We will have uncomfortable conversations. But most importantly, we will have conversations that come from the heart. Welcome to our first season, Uncomfortable Conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's Uncomfortable Conversation. It's Davina Ho here, um, partner of Corporate Wellness Partnership, and I am joined with my business partner, Karen Kwong. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so pleased that Karen is here with me in the podcast studio physically. She's made the trip from the UK to Singapore. So thank you, Karen, for, for being here. And today we're going to be speaking to a really wonderful lady that I've gotten to know over the last few years. Her name is Pearl Lee, and she is a speaker for equity, diversity and inclusion, and particularly focused at the workplace on disability. She also does a lot of individual advocacy. And she's a community leader of the Breakthrough Journey program. Welcome, Pearl, to today's Uncomfortable Conversation. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here with both of you. Really excited as well on how uncomfortable we're going to get. Yeah. And we are, I'm really looking forward to get real with both of you on the topics that we're going to cover today. Yeah, so on the topic that we're going to cover today is really about disability. Um, you know, and I, I, let's just start with that word. Is disability the right word we, we should be using when it comes to talking with people who have, you know, we, the term here is called disability in Singapore. It is. So it's like, it's always the people first. So the person with disabilities or people with disability. And, you know, it's just really a, a category, a label, and it just kind of helps to define this group but it's not the full identity of people in this group or you know in any individual as well so it is definitely the right terminology but not the full uh, image of who the person is yeah i'm glad i have got that right because again that's where it becomes a little bit uncomfortable is that even are we using the right terminology so i'm glad that you know thank you for helping us clarify that so Without further ado, Pearl, I think um, it would be great if you just tell us, because many of our listeners will be listening to this, opposed to watching this, and um, maybe if you could describe your disability, what it is, and how um, you function on a day-to-day basis, how it impacts you. Yeah, sure. So I have, so I have a scoliosis, so a curvature of spine. I have bow legs, so uh, my legs looks quite thin, and I walk in a V shape. And then I have um, restrictive lung disease. So I breathe quite, uh, it's quite shallow. I breathe uh, more times in a minute, a quite high number of times. So I get breathless easily. So I do not kind of do vigorous exercise. I still am quite mobile on my own. I can walk around. 
I move around in a kick scooter to just help me get around faster. But sometimes, depending on the terrain and the place, I'll have I'll be in a wheelchair being pushed around by um, people uh, that could help me through it. And so I'm, for the listeners as well, I'm quite petite, quite short, so everything is uh, squeezed in one short uh, stature. And then um, that's why I think there's the restrictive lung disease as well, whereby there's not much space for the lungs to expand. Yeah. So at night, I do have supplement oxygen as well as a breathing machine to help me breathe and elevate the, the effort to breathe at night so that I can sleep better and then I could, you know, be out and about during the day most of the time without any uh, support. Okay, and in general, would you say um, um, that you live with pain? Is there a pain management aspect to this or is it... Um, you know, is there physical pain, and then we'll also talk about the mental and emotional pain side yes. as well in a, in a moment. But uh, yeah, just, just for our listeners, if they could understand. So no physical pain, but there is uh, sometimes quite different episodes of uh, lung infections. So I had quite a bulk of that uh, years, the past few years as well. So that's really mainly like the health piece. There's no pain in the joints. Of course, sometimes if I stand for long or as anybody would, like sit for too long, you get a backache, a sore, sore back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for me. And could you tell us maybe a little bit about um, growing up? I think let's start there where, you know, um, you know, were you born um, with with this and or how did some of the um, diagnosis you got developed over time? Yes, so I was born with this, but it wasn't until when I was 18 months old whereby I think my parents found that I was probably tripping a lot and falling and my limbs look different. Uh, they seem a bit bold, even my arms at that point in time. Yeah. So we they started to seek doctors and so they, they got the diagnosis and since 18 months I've been seeing specialists all my life and but it didn't really stick to me um, about my condition I went through the mainstream school um, I just grew up like any other kid and did activities but of course then you find that you get looks from people like the side glance or you know uh, finger pointing and you just know that something is different but you didn't realize it until I think I was about 11, whereby I had to, my classroom became on the fourth floor and I had to carry that heavy bag all the way up to to that that story. And it was just, all my friends have went back in the classroom and was just uh, trying my best to get up to the classroom. And it was quite lonely at that point in time whereby there's no one there to help you and you realize that hey something is different here really like it's not like usual for most people and that was when it hit me but during school i think teachers at that era in time were not as equipped nor my parents were but i would say they've done their really best i'm really grateful for them that i have to say that they did their best that they could to support me and help like brought me up you know and whereas teachers as well they weren't really equipped so I had 
like a teacher, you know, during physical education class and sort of um, like because I couldn't run and I got um, just despised on in some ways like you're not good enough like because you're not physically fit and like why are you so slow and it's just like wow like that's insane that's insane that's totally yeah yeah and then I and that really made me I realized that since it made me realize that since I do not have the physical capability I do not have the physical appearances I was born in a pretty average family we we got all we needed but it wasn't like you know we we didn't do a lot of travel it's and then so I realized that oh all I had was I could study and I really just kind of realized that that was my strength and I went in focused on that and moved and that was all I did I studied hard and I thought I had to work doubly hard since I'm behind people or like for the rest of the things so I bet I worked hard <laughs> I worked really hard and that came to a point of you know it got into my um even my adult years as a work worker you know as an employee as well as a person you know how I live my life so like these are some of the experiences even when I was 17 I had to get around to school with a wheelchair because it was huge your classroom is not in just a single place anymore we were in the junior college and in my first three months in Jay's like junior college year one my teacher told me to get around myself and not trouble someone else oh my goodness and it's like what after that i was quite shocked i was like okay it's okay like never mind but i went to the staircase and hide and cry and like nobody knew about it you know and i but thankfully after that um i i requested for a transfer to another class and my friend helped me around i had lots of fun during those school years but you never knew that such incidences over time has actually does impact you if you don't address it and so all these things come up later in my years you know yeah absolutely and i think um i just want to touch on something just to clarify because i think it's super important right so up until the age of 11 you were treated normally you felt normal and you didn't feel discriminated against and then suddenly you had this enlightening moment where you were like oh wow I am different yeah yeah and I think um you know that's a really pivotal moment of 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 your journey right by the sense that it made you study hard you know you realize like there was things that you could no longer do physically right climb the stairs go to these classrooms and and I think that's a that's a huge shift in how you were you know your, your your younger years right so your parents your family were treating you at home normally like any other normal yeah child. that's right and i think that really all these experiences and how you're treated whether is it the family school environment teachers um like society at large you somehow you absorb what you you receive you know you don't know better and that shape 
my identity and there's a lot that I had to unlearn and I didn't feel I always felt I was different when I was in my teenage years you know where there's a lot of everybody's hormonal you know but I felt that I was genderless I think that's one thing like I didn't feel like uh, I just felt like a person I'm not uh, I'm not a, a girl a woman you know, so that really, uh, like that part of me did shut down, and it really affected me in my physical health years later, whereby I lost my um, menses for eight years. Wow. Realizing that actually I shut that down, you know, that, that identity of me down, and I felt like a medical specimen because I've seen doctors all my life and when you're in the clinic, they, it, you somehow have to put aside your, you know, being shy about, you know, your your female parts and you just have to let them examine you, you know. So that you just kind of not go there. Yeah. 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 Um, and I guess, I mean, we're not doctors, and um, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're very far from that, yeah. but, um, you know, we're, we're kind of outsiders from your experience and that our listeners, many of them will be outsiders from their experience as well. So, you know, um, and this is the where it becomes uncomfortable for many people is like, should we ask you, you know, what can you do, what you can do, how are you feeling, you know? Should people try and help you if you're going to get a cup of tea? Or are you like, I can do that myself, but can you help me with my school bag? You know, there is there, there's a <laughs> kind of boundary where you're like, I don't know how to maybe approach um, somebody with your unique disabilities, right? That you're, yeah. you're describing uh, here. So how, how should everyone approach you? Yeah, so this is just my perspective as yeah. well. And I would, we won't generalize here too. But I think that's just that basic level whereby we just go to the person as the person as it is. For me, I really love everything us as well. Like, I mean, I've come to a point where but I really like rather you, you ask me than, you know, feel that you have to walk around me in order to to understand like, okay, do I ask her or not? Um, I think it's always ask permission. Ask permission whether, oh, hey, like, can I ask you this, you know, um, like, I'm really, like, like to know a bit more, and if there's anything I can help you with, like, just start from that point, like, if the person, you give the person a chance to say no, like, okay, I'm fine, then, you know, we, we walk away, but if the person say yes, like, you know, and they're happy to share, then that's great, I think that's a really good starting point, there's no right or wrong, we need to tap into that, being empathetic, and being genuine and really wanting to care for the person and i love that you said that it's just really being empathetic right humans human and asking permission yes or just having a nice conversation very general and open is it okay if i ask you yeah um or is it would you like some help opposed to just grabbing something and doing it for you right yes i understand that a lot of people like as like some of them who are on wheelchairs they do not want to be pushed like like helped around in, in it like you asked first because this is this is part of their space you know yeah. and you will be intruding their space if you kind of just okay hang, just go on 
But same with someone who's visually impaired. You don't just kick them by the hand and walk across the street. You anybody will be get shot if someone comes from you at the back and walk you down the road. Yeah. yeah, and and I, if someone came into my space, yeah. I'm very sensitive to that. I'm like, you know, what are you doing trying to, you know, help me do whatever it is what, and, you know, carry bags or whatever, um, you know, I, I get that. So, I mean, it's, it's just thinking about yourself, like, how would you like to be treated in this situation, having that empathy, that insight. Exactly, and we're not as helpless as it seemed. Um, and I think one of the questions that, you know, people were reviewing is, you know, what, uh, what would you like others to know more about you is that we are not helpless and I would like to help you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 that's that's great, right? So you're, you're also wanting to help other people yes. as well, right? And you can contribute as well, so to any conversation, um, you know. And something that we have discussed as well, like previously in our conversations, was around what are the most frustrating assumptions that people make about you? And I would say that those frustrating assumptions, I have put that upon myself as well, that I think um, you just make, like, physical, physically you're slow, so like, everything else will be really hard, and it will, it's just quite sad that you're in this state. Um, you also feel like you are just going to live through life just as it is, you just accept what comes me and you believe you don't have, um, it's, there's only so many possibilities that you have in life, you only can do a certain amount of things and maybe phys like mentally as well, like you may not be as capable or you may not be as productive, you know, how, how do we even measure pr productivity? Um, but how do we then see the true value of the person and the potential? I think that's one part I feel that has been frustrating because all we see is the physical aspects of things, um, but you never really look at who this person is and what he or she can offer, you know? Like that's, like no, that's the part whereby you are just limited by just your physical capabilities in all aspects whether your relationships like okay people think that you if someone with a disability you'll probably be single forever <laughs> and you can't you won't be able to have a relation healthy relationship you know you because you just always had to be taken care of and that's not true you know we could still take care of others but in different ways yeah. and we have seen many examples of that uh, around the world. So I think this, these are some of the things. So I think, you know, I, and all from what I'm hearing is that people just look at your limitations and they don't look at your hopes and dreams. Yes. Just, that's the assumption, right? That yes. people approach you yeah. when they see you physically, right? Yeah. They look at the, the, what you can and cannot do, yes. but not the, you know, like you said, the other things, right? That you, you know, you're very smart, you studied, you can also care for people in different ways, you know, you, that you're, you're very strong-minded. And actually just on that, um, you know, do people look at you and then mistake your physical disability with a mental disability? Ever? I didn't have really the experience. Yeah, so there, uh, I think 
my parents at least didn't think so and that seems to be pretty much the case as I went through life yeah that's 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 good thanks for for clarifying that and so um tell us a little bit more sorry we've kind of jumped around a bit now because there's so many interesting areas and angles that we can talk about tell us a little bit more about so you um you started off um let's say primary school was pretty normal secondary school was more difficult yeah and so take us past secondary school to the workplace right what was your journey like from 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 there yeah i think also sharing as well like singapore has been we have a very good educational system so you know when you go through you know what's your next step and everything so I've always been, I have that Google syndrome really, like, because I think I feel different, I just want to be liked and feel accepted, so I really just, okay, just follow the instructions, say yes, and through it, you just still feel that not good enough part, so that continued on into my adulthood, whereby after I finished my university, I'm like, okay, I do not know who I am. All I know is to study. So what can I even do? And that, I mean, thankfully at at uh, at that juncture, there was my my first my first boss, Matt Chapman. He, you know, he was reaching out to the non for profit for people with physical uh, disabilities and uh, to find talent there. And he saw my CV and wanted to have a chat, even though. The, the person that was managing the placement said like, no, she won't be interested, but he insisted. And so that was really a great opportunity for me to just start building myself and realize that, hey, I could do, do something here. And that, through that adulthood, but because I continue having those like, I'm not good enough, all I can do is work hard. I came to a point whereby I was in this vicious cycle of stress, um, insomnia, and uh, health issues, like, because all I knew was to work hard, and I feel unsafe as well to be, like, to let go of things, like, because that's all I knew how to do, and so I got myself in this space whereby then I had, uh, I had to be hospitalized for 10 days, whereby my body literally crashed. I couldn't breathe on my own for, like, for 10 days, I had seven days, I was only around the hospital bed. And that really made me realize like, wow, like this is what, it made me realize how much stress can affect your physical body really. And I saw that linkage. That actually then triggered me to be even more uptight about things because I really want to be well. I did it. I worked, again, I worked hard at it. I tried to eat well, tried to exercise, but I just not, like, it doesn't, it just made me more uh, stressed and uptight. And it came to a point whereby, oh my god, like, enough is enough. I found myself being a broken record, talking about my health issues, or being in this, like, cycle of not being not well. Um, and I knew there was something else beneath that I had to address, which is like, I, at that point in time, I thought it was just like, like this mental stuff that I need a mindset shift. Um, it took also my mom's 
life and death hell scared to make me realize that hey I do want to I want to be there for her so what do I need to do to help myself and I was already contemplating on seeing a psychologist but after that I like I, I, I was following my my life coach Valerie Grace um, who is the father of the breakthrough journey program and like I reached out to her we had that first conversation and it and after I started the program within a week I started to sleep again because I learned about I, I faced my fear of death yeah because I literally was at a point whereby every day I feel like I'm not sure when I would die like my body feels like it's acting up and my heart seems to be gonna fail <laughs> like that was really scary and I don't want to live like that anymore I would like to be I want to live in a sustainable way I want to give back to the job that I've received and to do my best at that I want to be there for my family and friends but I wasn't in the capacity to do so yeah yeah, yeah. wow that's fascinating um and really um thank you for sharing that that's a lot of there's a lot of deep things there about your journey, right? That has brought you to where you are today. Um, I just wanted to go back to um, Matt Chapman. You worked with him for, I think, 10 years. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Um, and he was specifically looking at working with this organization to um, employ uh, people with disabilities yes. um, um, into his organization. Tell us a little bit more how the work structure supported you and, and the disabilities um, that, you, that you have? So, like, Matt always had a business whereby he was always uh, operating it virtually. There was no office at all. And so just, that was 10 years back in 2010. He started it in 2008. And just that physical aspect of it, that it um, it is virtual, it really helped me a lot because I do not have to worry about the travel because at that point in time it's like traveling it's something that worries me like how you're gonna get around because you'll be tired and then you have to work as well you know your energy would be just drained you just want to conserve your energy so that structure really helped and you're just at a computer as well people don't see like your physical appearances and they don't kind of put preconceived ideas on you at all and so you are able to just have that communication and conversation just as as you are um, and that really is empowering you know they you don't see the physical you just see what the person can do and deliver here yeah so that really and the whole the culture that he's built has always been really inclusive as well whereby he genuinely cares i think that that's the part whereby really makes a difference when you care for a person um they do want to help you and, and do their best too can you just maybe give the listeners and ourselves just a few examples of where he demonstrated care um and while you're working with him yeah i think it's having that one-on-one -on -one time with him every kind of three every three months really and him sharing his visions and what like here wanting to hear your your ideas as well. I think having that very, like you feel like you're on a level playing field with him. Um, and then, you know, he's, you know, checks in on how you are as well. And yeah, he he's just 
there if you need a chat. That that really just helps in terms of the, the caring piece. Yeah. And what did you learn about yourself in that journey? Just from, you know, because, you know, you said you've been a good girl at school, you really, really studied hard, and suddenly people were seeing you on a much more level playing field. Was there any sort of realisation that, you know, when you were working that you weren't, you didn't have to just be this good girl? I mean, I appreciate your life coach did a lot for you as well, but just from a working angle, yeah. were there any areas that you thought, wow, I didn't know this about myself, or, you know, positive or negative? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's not realizing how much can be like I could do besides studying really and that there are so many different areas that I could like you realize that skills are something that you can learn um, as long as you have the attitude that you want to learn and be humble and so that really made me realize and appreciate our values even more like the an attitude to learn and grow and that you can really do many things as long as you want yeah i think that mindset is just so important for any thriving uh, culture um if we look at you know anything whether it's business articles or, or just anecdotal things or research is around the fact that actually anybody who has a general learning and growth mindset is typically more inclusive, um, more diverse, etc. But also they end up having people like your skills, which are unique to you. Um, and, you know, it's not prejudged. So, I mean, that's sort of what I'm get gathering from your story, that actually it's that sort of environment that allows the sort of thriving that leads to a successful company. Definitely, like Matt gave us a lot of room for development and he's always nurturing me and he I really was very grateful that he like kind of put me aside him and to grow with him along the way and that really helps to be working with a leader who has the vision and you know bring you along the, the journey and include you and give you um, like roles to play that you feel that you are really helping and, and room to grow yes exactly so that has really been very encouraging and, and empowering for sure that I feel okay I have a purpose and value in life like I'm, I'm more than what I thought I was yeah yeah no, that's what we're, we're getting from that yeah absolutely I mean, even your voice got more energized as you were talking from your school days and, yes. you know, JC days to working with Matt, you suddenly perked up and, you know, that was noticeable. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your life coach, your journey yeah. with your life coach and what kind of aha moments you've had working with her. Yeah, sure. So as I was sharing that, there was that whole being in the vicious cycle of stress and, um, and and health issues. And I always thought, I tried many things. I read and I journaled, but I just kept looping around. And wound up, like, when I met Valerie, like, after I started working with her in week three, like, I, one of the aha moments was that, oh, you're there is this your what your mind your thoughts are and your emotions are not aligned and we need to take care of the emotions and it's not using that whole like okay you change your thoughts 
and then you'll feel better. Like I tried gratitude, gratitude, but I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. And it was then that I learned that okay, that this requires alignment. It's we are our body, heart, mind, and soul, and everything is interlinked. And some one thing that I like about like corporate wellness partnership is that you're not just address the mental uh, well-being side, but it's the emotional well-being side whereby a lot of things are where it like it roots from the emotions. If you take care of the emotions. The sixty thousand thoughts that you have in a day could be easily changed if you do, try to do it one by one. You're gonna, you're never gonna do it really. Yeah, sixty thousand thoughts is a lot of thoughts to be changing every day, right? But emotions are there for a reason, right? They're part of who we are. We have emotions in every moment of every day. So um, yeah, I'm glad you got that support on the. Yeah. Reframing the thoughts to working with your emotions. Yes. Actually, they signal something to you. They're, they're literally messengers. You know, if you are feeling a particular emotion, whether it's a positive or a negative one, it's trying to tell you something. Yeah. Right? And so it needs to be dealt with if someone's sending you a message. Yeah, but because I think one thing is I've been just been so focused on cultivating my brain and being really academic. And I think being in Asian society, you don't really do the like talk about your emotions really. You just suppress it. So all of that was suppressed. And I realized then from that session, I realized that oh my biggest block is actually my mind. Like I've been trying to fix every single thing, but you need to listen to your heart. And so that was what the journey of reconnecting with my heart again and. Like it has been an ongoing thing. I've been with her for the sixth year now, and I I'm still learning to connect with my heart and what my emotions are are telling me. And it's uh yeah, it's, it's interesting. Can you maybe give an example of a strong emotion that you felt um, that you've worked with your life coach and now and how you work through that and reframe it just for other people who are going through similar issues that that you've you've went through. Yeah. So I think. Let's talk about probably like the disability part. Yeah. Like I didn't realize how much shame I felt about that. Yeah. I have actually judged myself on that. I really denied that part of me. Like I don't see myself as someone with disability, and I just don't want to be associated with that. I don't want to be associated with this group with anybody who's like this. It was not and. I realized it was done about them, but it was about me. Like I have to deal with my shame and find the acceptance with them, with with myself, uh, that part of me. And because all I was asking is why, why am I like this? Um, but you realize that it's the wrong question to ask. It's it's not. There's no answers to such questions. So how? Through, through the sessions with her, I learned about how do I um, be able to give to myself the understanding, the acceptance that I needed and love myself again. And that was, it took many, many like sessions to, to come to that too. But it helped because there's someone who's able to see you in that light whereby you're not your disability and your love for who you are and that really helped to then 
feel safe to address the shame. I think that part is really important when you have someone who could already be there to love you as you are. You're able to do it for yourself more easily, really. Right. And yeah. I, I like the fact that you um, sought professional coaching for this journey. A lot of people you know, never get to that stage of even, you know, wanting to get a life coach and working on themselves. And it can be deeply challenging and painful, right? And and that's where I think people have the, the kind of block is that they're just not willing to go there. But what made you decide to go there? Was it purely the work stress and burnout you want to look after yourself better? Or was there some other motivating factor that decided, you decided, I'm gonna get a life coach, I'm gonna work on these issues I'm having in my journey? I really didn't, when I was looking for, some professional help. I didn't really know I'm gonna be on this path. Really, I was just wanting to sleep and then feel happy. All the basics. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I don't be be not on um any like kind of getting infections again. Like that's really all yeah. I wanted. But I realized I came to a point whereby I can't do this on my own. Like it's not getting anywhere. I definitely need some professional support. If not, how am I? <laughs> I really don't know what it would be like. I was so afraid of being stuck. And I'll probably die, honestly. Being morbid, a bit morbid here. But yeah, it, it has it's endangered my life, really. And that I had to help. In order to help myself, is to ask for help yeah. and receive help. Because that's probably, I think, one of the best ways to do so. We are not meant to do life alone. Uh, it's the best thing you could do for yourself is to actually reach out for help. And I couldn't agree more whether it's somebody with a disability yeah. or some other issue, right? Whether it's like alcoholism or it's a mental illness or health is mental health issue, right? All of these um, um, issues require help, right? And a professional help, somebody who's there to see you and support you for who you are. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I wanted that the like someone who didn't know me or like someone outside yeah. to help me through this. Yeah. yeah. And you feel she created a very safe environment for you to, you know, be your your ugliest self. And sometimes you need that space. If not, you're always trying to put up a front in front of your family that okay, you're good. you're fine, you know. But you just need that space to break down yeah. and look at all this mess. That you have, and I, I love that um, that you just said that because healing is messy, and I think that's something that we need to reframe, particularly here in Asia, where even in front of your family, you feel like you can't be yourself. You know, you can't show your emotions, your sadness, that you're going through something challenging. It's put up a front, show face, and then yes. bury, <laughs> bury the the. The, the deep, the real stuff, the things that are going on. Exactly, like, and there was a point, even recently, it's like, I'd rather lose my face than lose my life. Yeah. 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 Um, moving on to more um, the future. Um, so you're still working with your life coach presently. What, what sort of plans do you have for yourself, right? What are your big visions, your dreams, right, that we were talking about, right? Rather than people look at you from limitations, what are... What's, what's, what's going on in Pearl in the next 12 months, three, three years, five years, 10 years? Yeah, I'm currently in a season at a point in time whereby I, I, because I've received so much 
support myself. I've seen how my life is like it's not defined by my disabilities and medical conditions. There's a life that has unlimited possibilities. It can be done with ease and grace and you can have that abundance in all areas of your life, you know, relationship, finance, career, all of this and having received all these gifts and lessons that I'm I want to share this with people who are like me. I mean, it doesn't have to be people with disabilities or uh, medical conditions. If you just feel different or you're just at a stage whereby you want more in life, um, you are looking for something else, I would like to share that and, you know, show people that they like, connect them to the doors whereby that was shut for me in the past, whereby you don't even see the door. Um, you don't even get near the door. You just you just get shut down because it's not possible. But because I had someone who showed me the door and walked through the door with me, I would love to be that person as well to show you the door. And then if you like, you know, you can walk through the door and would love to walk with you on to whatever you're looking for, really. And for me, it's like I did my first flight with my coach, which was unimaginable and even work-wise, like, how do you um, grow in the career aspect if you have aspirations? How do you translate all these aspirations and dreams into reality? I would like to be, to lead my, lead my life as an example, be a voice, a loving and kind voice for people who hasn't spoken or couldn't express themselves because they are in the environment whereby it doesn't encourage that. But to show them that hey like you know you can and to speak that to them as well that this is your life is more than this and when you get better everything else does get better so that's really one one space and i would like to bring this into not just for the individuals but also to the workplace as well to marry my professional and personal experiences to add value and contribute to the the equity diversity and inclusion space because I know it's a uh, huge, it's, it's getting more awareness now. And how could I, through what I've learned, to bring that unique perspective and help launch or shape initiatives to make a more inclusive environment whereby everybody can bring their whole self in. Like, I think as I, my, because of my first work experience, having that opportunity makes a huge difference. And how do I cope? co-create with organizations and leaders to create build those opportunities and reach out to the talents that are out there um, that's something that i'm really looking forward into this next season ahead and i think with that that is so inspiring and i love that your vision is so big and it's so important particularly in today's era that we have people like you who are huge advocates for seeing beyond limitations, right? Whether it's disability or anything, right? I think yes. your story inspires everybody, right? Not just people with, with, with disabilities. So um, uh, just final question is, um, where can people find you? Just look for you up on LinkedIn and can connect. Yes, yeah, so can look me up on LinkedIn and I think we will leave a link at at the bottom of this yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, podcast as well so like feel free to reach out so for for leaders organizations you're looking to 
like let's say shape and launch initiatives and in the the inclusion equity diversity space and you are looking for someone with a unique perspective in this diverse group you know please reach out and happy to have a conversation with you to see how i could support you and serve you and for individuals who are interested in embarking on your own transformation or healing journey or just looking for like-minded people and to grow in life you know please feel free to reach out as well i would love to connect with you i think we are better together really we can't do this alone if not we won't be surrounded by people so yes please uh, reach out and i look forward to connecting and chatting with people yeah and we've had a wonderful working relationship over the last few years so i can really vouch for pearl in terms of a work capacity and also as a friend you've been uh, really amazing and i'd like to thank you so much for opening up and sharing you know the, the true you the true feelings all the deep emotions everything and this experience um, and journey that you've been through and i'm sure our listeners will find it very um enlightening and and inspiring for their own journeys so thank yeah. you, thank, thank, you Pearl. thank you for giving me this platform and you know enabling me to be comfortable in this uncomfortable conversation and share all this real and deep stuff with people and hopefully it, it encourages people inspire people to take action on their own thank, thank you, you.